Good morning. Yes, I'm so excited about this message. I can hardly stand it, but I want to tell you who I am first. My name is Kathy Spaulding. Um, I'm married to this gorgeous tall man right here. His name is Ray. Um, I have five adult children. I have 10 grandkids. Yes, I know. That's awesome, isn't it? Um, And I have been a part of this church, this community for longer than 24 years. Um, And I have served in lots of roles. And I will tell you, if you had told 15-year-old me that someday you would stand up and talk in front of people, I would have told you you were a liar. (laughs) Because there's no way. Even when I first came to church, um, and I... I don't know it, what what it was, but at any time I had to go up in front, I just would, I just couldn't do it. And that God has transformed my life to the point now that I'm the pastoral assistant, and I have the opportunity to share on the preaching team and um, come and talk to you guys about different things. And it's just amazing what God does in our lives, right? Amen. Amen. Um, and so today I'm going to talk about we're continuing our series on the good news. And um, I'm going to talk about one by one. And that means we're going to talk about evangelism. Yay! Oh, wait, nobody said yay. Well, I have a video to show you because Bill inspired me. Sorry, um, tech person. Thank you. It's there. Can you make it big? church at all? Do you go to church at all? So do you go to church at all? Hey, is this seat open? Hey, is this seat available? Uh, I just wanted to knock out some devos real quick. Spend some time with Jesus. I woke up kind of late this morning. Yeah, come on, scoot over. Sure. Sit down. I just want to share something from God's word. He hit me up in my devos this morning. And I was like, I got to share this. Genesis 1, 1. Thirsty, huh? Get some water? Yeah. Yeah, I know the living water. I was noticing that you're drawing some stuff over here. Back before when I wasn't a Christian, I, I was making so much money as a graphic designer. You been born again? You been born again? Again. And you need to quit walking in the flesh. I mean, obviously, you don't really know God, your tattoos, and, you know, in your ear and stuff. You don't start out the day by just bathing yourself in prayer. Your day doesn't even go that well. You're not realizing that there is a God. He sent Jesus to die for you. Why didn't you see that? And in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, I just would go to these crazy parties. It was crazy. Well, I mean, just cash, like crazy. But, uh, but I've left all that behind. Now I'm a Christian. You can't live life without God. He's not real. He's here. I can't yes, see him. Yes, he is. I'm just not getting through to you. God I can't is real. Touch him. Yeah, you can't touch Africa. Africa exists. I just have to say, I'm blessed. Too blessed to be stressed by the devil's mess. What's holding you back from committing your life to Jesus Christ? It's probably the sin in your life is what's going on. Scared? Hell is scared. Why don't you look at that girl? Look at her. She's going to die. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. She's going to die. But you're going to die. Where do you think you were going? Man, that sounded hot. I wonder how hot hell is. Hopefully you don't go there. Oh, this is good. The New Testament is so just applicable. Have you guys noticed this? Hey, you've got to be washed by the blood of the Lamb. I mean, so that you are justified, sanctified, future glorified. I mean, this is amazing. you got to come out. Do you drive a Volkswagen? Yeah, yeah, I do. But regardless, man, you got to come to church. Hey, remember what I said? Hell, scary. Oh, yikes, right? Anybody know people who do that? Uh, no, don't raise your hand, okay? Um, yeah, I, I, when we think of evangelism, unfortunately, we think of things like that. Mm, and I don't want, I want to change your perspective today, all right? So um, William Fay said this, we need to get away from a win them mentality. 
people do not put their faith in Christ because we cleverly force them to believe. He continues and he says, we must realize that if we win someone to Christ, he was probably never saved. D.L. Moody said, he was a famous evangelist, and he, he was riding on a train when a drunk came up to him and said, Mr. Moody, I'm one of your converts. And Moody replied, I'm afraid you are because you're obviously not a convert of the Lord's, right? And Bill talked last week about how the gospel should change us and our lives will be different because of it, right? And um, I, back in the day when I got saved, I remember being, I worked at uh, Pizza Hut. I was a manager there and I thought you were supposed to beat people up with the gospel, and get them to believe what you were saying, even if you didn't believe it yourself, right? And I remember having an argument, and I don't even know what, what the person was coming at me with, but I was going to win that argument. God was real, and, and I tried spouting off scriptures that I didn't know, and I tried talking about things that I didn't understand, and all I ended up doing was becoming somebody that, who would want to be like me? You know, who would want to become a Christian if that's who you, if that's the representation, right? We, um, we are to be, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, transform us, and then, um, and then become like Jesus. And if you have been, um, so in our Bible reading, I'm going to talk about our Bible reading. It was day 154. I'm not sure which day of the week it was. But uh, if you read the devotionals, um, Nikki Gumbel uh, talked about St. Patrick. And he had a quote, and this is so good, about St. Patrick. St. Patrick actually didn't believe that he was worthy to share the gospel. And he, even when he, he got better and better at it, he still felt afraid. But he said this, we are a letter of Christ for salvation, even to the back of beyond. And what does it matter if it is not a learned letter? For it is still to be found valid and plain for all to read, written in your very hearts, not in ink, but by the spirit of the living God. The Holy Spirit transforms us. And then we are a letter people can read, not only our lives, but we should share with people what the Holy Spirit has done in us, right? And so um, we're, we're called to testify. Now, isn't that funny? I mean, Christians use these terms and we're like, why do you say testify? Why do you say witness? Why do you say, you know, um, share the gospel? Well, sharing the gospel, which is good news, you should be sharing what's good about it, right? Unlike the guy in the video who's talking about everything that's bad, we should be talking about what's good. And what, what do you testify? If you go to court, if you're called as a witness to court, what do you testify about? What you know to be true. What has happened to you? And that's what we're called to do as well. What has God done in you? What are you, what are you going to testify about? Now, unlike the, uh, and, and um, in the Bible reading, Nikki went on to talk about the fact that the Holy Spirit works through us. And I would, um, I want to just share a couple of places where he talked about that very thing. In, in the book of Acts, in uh, 1, verse 1 and 2, this is Luke who finished the book of Luke, and now he's starting the book of Acts. And he says, in my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. So even J Jesus was using the Holy Spirit to speak to the apostles, okay? And then... In Acts 1.8, we, we hear Jesus' command to the apostles. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, 
and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So those were the apostles. But I know that some people would say, yes, but I wasn't one of those apostles. No. But in Acts 2, Peter gets up and tells the crowd, you know, it, what do you, what you, so he's preaching the gospel and the people say, what should we do? And he says, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, who's far away from them. Anybody in this room far away from them? Yep. All who have been called by the Lord, our God. So you get to have that Holy Spirit as well. Isn't that good? Yes. And so he does, he does stuff. He directs us. In Galatians, which Bill talked about last week, the beginning in, in verse 16, it says, let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. And then in 25, it says, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. And since we will do that, we can do the Great Commission, right? So we are part. It's not just the apostles. And you don't have to just be Jesus, which we're not Jesus, right? But we get to be a part of it. And that Great Commission says, you will be my witness to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Now, that is significant in that Jerusalem was the area that was geographically. Jerusalem was a city in Judea. So like if you think Kalamazoo, the state of Michigan, and then Samaria is kind of like partnering countries, you know, and the ends of the earth. But I want to do it metaphorically, which is Jerusalem is our family, our friends, the people we know. Judea are people here in our vicinity that maybe you don't know or culturally different than you. I mean, if Judea. And in Samaria would be people who are culturally different than you. And the ends of the earth, those would be people who are culturally different, speak a different language, and in a different country. Okay? And that's what Pastor Cameron gets to talk to you guys about next week. But, so you are called to those places. You are, because you have the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said we're supposed to go, right? And we're supposed to share the good news, the good news that Jesus transforms our lives. He transforms your life and my life if you allow the Holy Spirit to do that. So what stops us from sharing good news? Call it out. Fear. Don't know what to say. Come on, people. What stops us from sharing? What? Fear? Fear, fear, fear. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Fear. Oh, fear. Yes. <clears throat> so, <laughs> so fear. Fear. Um, what's interesting is the Apostle Paul wrote to the um, believers in Corinth. And he said, and this is in 1 Corinthians 2 and 3, I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. Wait a second. The guy who wrote most of the New Testament was afraid? Huh. So we're in good company, right? We're in good company if we feel some fear. And we might be afraid of being offended or being rejected, right? And so my, my, so I think that, and I have had this happen. So I have had the opportunity to work in a school system for 30 years, and I retired on Friday. <laughs> However, if I look back, I can tell you a few stories, and I'll share them today, of when I had a chance to share my testimony with people. But the truth is, that was not always the case. I've worked in a lot of buildings, and um, 
because of that, you walk into a new building and all these people know each other and you don't know anybody and you kind of want to fit in. You don't want to like walk in and, hey, I'm a, well, like that guy, right? You don't want to do that. But, but sometimes you stay silent because you just don't want to make waves or, you know, and I, unfortunately, I had lots of opportunities that I missed. But the Holy Spirit gives us more opportunities. And so what, what would happen is I would be, you know, I can't really preach about how to hear God's voice, but I would be sitting someplace and I would feel this thing. For me, when I feel this, oh, I should say something. I should reach out. My hand starts to shake a little bit because I get a little nervous. And then, I, and then I don't do it. And then I beat myself up for the whole rest of the day because why did I do that? Guess what? That was the Holy Spirit. And good news, now I know what he sounds like. And so the next time it happens, I don't have to be afraid. Because if I'm doing it in my own, in my own strength, because I want to beat people up, it's not going to be received. Amen? The Holy Spirit goes before you and he softens the hearts of people. And then he says, hey, I want you to share a word with this person. And you share it and they open up and you're like, oh my gosh, that was so easy. Yes, because the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. But are we willing? Are we willing to step out and take a chance? God said, or Jesus said, go. You're supposed to share. Each one of us, not just me up here, because I'm not reaching the people who need it. I'm talking to you. You know it. We need to reach the people who don't know it. Okay? <clears throat> so another, another thing that stops us is I don't know anybody who's lost. Well, COVID is over and you're out of your house. Find somebody, right? Or I'm too shy. Not an excuse. Okay? The scripture, I don't know the scriptures. Okay, so read your Bible. I, you know, I'm, uh, one, this one opportunity happened. Um, I was working in a school system in, in this one building, and I worked there for probably like five years in a row, and I had this other person, and we had a, the same time, um, plan time. And anyway, we would be sitting there, and I would read a devotional, and then I was like, you know what? I, so, and we, we had talked, we had become, you know, friend workers, right? Your, your acquaintances, your friends. Um, and so we would talk, and I would just say, you know, what's interesting, I was reading my Bible today, and this thing, this is what I saw. Or, you know, I was really struggling and, and I just, I saw God use this, you know, whatever it is. And I did this with this person for five years. And I pretty much thought that it had no effect. I really thought she didn't even, I don't know if she, she was being polite or what. But do you know that she had a crisis in her life? And she came running, literally running down the hall and said, Kathy, I need you to pray with me right now. I was so shocked. I was so shocked. But she knew that I knew the one who can make a difference. I didn't have anything to give her, but God does. You don't know when you plant those seeds how it's going to come to fruition. You build relationships by caring about people. You build relationships. You, you just have conversations with people. You just care. What did Jesus say the greatest commandment was? Love God, love others. So we don't want to be like the guy in the video. He wasn't very loving. But being loving is finding out about the people you work with. Find out about their lives. Find out what they're struggling with. Find out what what makes sense what they're questioning, what they need help with, and then offer to pray with them. I was sharing with um, these guys, as much as I'm excited about being retired, and I'm really excited, <clears throat> I'm going to miss 
this year was the first year I was in a building, in this particular building. And I got to work with this one teacher an hour and a half a day. That's it, an hour and a half. And through the course, and, and the first few months, she wasn't there and then I wasn't there. So we, I, I didn't actually start talking to her probably until like November. And, and it was just things like, oh, how's this going? And, you know, what's going on with that? And how's this? And, and then she shared with me um, a situation that was really hard in her life. And, and I, I'm, I was a little surprised she shared because she's really quiet, introvert, doesn't talk to other people, doesn't mind kids, but, you know, not adults. And, and she shared with me, and, and I just walked up and I said, hey, I've been thinking about you. Could I pray with you? And her face was like, she grabbed my hands like it was a lifeline. I, I didn't share the gospel. I didn't say, did you know that Jesus died for you? But I shared my gospel. The gospel of God transformed me. God used this situation. I talked to her about a situation that I had struggled with. And, and I talked about the fact that when, you know, 24 years ago, my daughter died and how hard it was, and how challenging it was, and God was there for me, and he helped me, and he sustained me, and then she felt the courage to share what she was going through. It's about building connections. Um, I totally lost my place. Um, so another reason people don't share is because they don't want to make a mistake. You know, caring about people isn't a mistake. Praying for people is not a mistake. Being that guy is a mistake. <laughs> being, being the one that's loud and obnoxious about, about the rules God has. I, I don't know, Jesus didn't like the guys who were spouting off the rules God had. He was pretty, pretty obvious that uh, you know, the Pharisees had got it all wrong. They forgot about the love part. Do we have that love part? Do we care about other people? And if you don't know what to say, I'm going to help you with that today. <clears throat> but what you, so you don't know what to say. Well, first I would say you care about people, find out what's going on, listen to them. In one, one situation, I was in a, um, a building and this, this was easy. This was like shooting fish in a barrel, okay? I walked into this classroom and this teacher is sobbing, a sobbing, and the students are coming in. And I'm like, okay. And she, she had them do whatever. She said, you know, hey, you guys do this thing. And, and I went over and I was like, hey, is everything all right? She goes, yeah, I'm fine. I was like, okay. So at the end of class, I waited and I walked up and I said, I'm not sure what's going on, but you know what? I'd really like to pray for you. And she said, okay. And, and, and I started to pray for her. And I don't remember what it was I said in the prayer because I didn't know what was going on in her life. I, my my standard you you want to you know want to know my standard prayer line it's a really easy one it's like you pray for peace that passes understanding gets them every time i'm telling you I, you can't you can't go wrong you cannot go wrong who does not want peace in their heart Okay, you don't want peace in your heart. I, I don't know anybody who doesn't want peace in their heart. When I'm like, now sometimes I do say it because that's really what I think he's saying, but sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to pray. I didn't know what to pray, so I prayed that. And all of a sudden she starts to tell me about how she has a family member struggling with addiction. And I said, you know, and she's like so ashamed. I said, you know what? You have nothing to be ashamed of. I had a family member struggle with addiction and I shared my testimony of how God helped me deal with a family member who struggled with addictions and what God brought me through. Do you know that she then asked me to come pray for her several mornings in a row and then she went home and told her family member, called me up and said, would you come over and pray for them? Do you know that that person was addicted to heroin, after we prayed, he got healed and is off heroin to this day. 
Now, I, I would not, I, <laughs> that was the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? That was not me. That was me being faithful. That was me being willing. That was me being a servant and going, I'm not going to be afraid. I, I'm going to be afraid. I'm going to shake and go ahead and do it anyway. Because there's nothing, there's nothing to lose. So they say no. Okay. Well, they say no. If they don't want prayer. But they'll know that you are willing. And so when they do want prayer, they'll come back. Right? Okay, I'm so off my notes. I have no idea where I'm at. Oh, here we go. I just told you all that stuff, right? So, um, so how do you be a good witness? You care. You be honest. Or you listen to them. You be honest. Here's the thing. When somebody says to you, well, you're a Christian, why does God yada, yada, yada? And you can say, well, I understand this. Or you can say, you know what? I don't know. And do you know what that means? They will respect you. Because you don't have to have all the answers. He has all the answers. Right? And if somebody is trying to get you into an argument, you back up. You know what? I don't know. I'm not an expert witness. You can say, I have a pastor who's an expert witness. I can bring them to you, right? But you're, you're not called to be the expert witness. The only witness you are is about what God has done in your life. And do you know what? If you share what God's done in your life, they can't argue with that. There is nothing they can say. You cannot argue with somebody who says, I found joy that can't be taken away. I found peace that no one can steal from me. I was in the depths of depression and God brought me out. Nobody can argue with that. Well, unless you're depressed still. But, you know, you can show that you can talk about what has happened in your life, what you've experienced. And nobody argues with that. If you want to argue creation and oh, oh my goodness, then you better be an expert at it. But I'm going to tell you nine times out of 10, that doesn't win anybody. And if you win them, we don't want them. We want God to bring them to himself. We're not looking for, you know, numbers. Oh, I have led this many people to the Lord and they all fall away and didn't do, didn't, you know, follow him anymore. Don't want that. We want changed lives. That's what I want. I, the reason I'm passionate about talking to people is I want to see them changed because this scared little girl became somebody who's not afraid anymore. I am not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid to share my testimony. I'm not afraid to talk about some of the hard things that have happened in my life because God, because God loves me. Even if nobody else does, he does. And what he's done for me, I, that's worth sharing. Yes. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. So I just shared a, a testimony. I talked about the fact that um, I sh had a testimony of how my, um, I dealt with somebody who had addiction issues. And I, what I want to say about sharing your testimony is that it needs to be brief. So when somebody says, oh, I had this thing happen and, and I just don't, you know, and you can say, oh, you know what? That, I had a similar situation and this is what God did for me. And, you know, this is how it was before. This is what God did. And this is how I am now. It's that brief. And so I will challenge you when you share your testimony, it's not just your conversion, although that's important, Okay. Your conversion to Christ is very important, but you have more testimonies, all right? I was a Christian for nine years before um, my daughter died, and I was, I was living a life, but I didn't have peace. She died, God encountered me, and afterwards, I found a peace that nobody can steal. That's a testimony right there, three sentences. And then when you share that testimony, then that person can ask you questions.
But remember, most people want to talk about them, right? They want to talk about them, especially if they're hurting, right? And so when you interject a testimony, it's got to be brief. And I have some examples for you that are not me. Can I have the mic, please? Um, Adam Shockley, would you come forward, please? Yeah, let's get on my hand. Now, I, I just want you to know that I prepped um, him just the way I just did you. I said, I want you to talk about something that you can testify about, what your life was like before, what happened with your encounter, and what happened afterwards. Yeah, so I had to write it down because I, I practiced once and it was like eight minutes. So uh, <laughs> Kathy oh, said two to three minutes. Two to three. That's a little bit harder. All right, so I grew up in church, this church, actually, uh, and I grew up in a great Christian family. I got married young. I was a missionary with my wife. We became youth pastors after that, so clearly we never had any problems. <laughs> <laughs> so despite all of that, I found that um, I did have a lot of problems and a lot of issues, and every single problem, every single issue that God has brought me through is a testimony, so I'm just going to share one of those with you. Um, all right. So one of the things that I noticed in my adult life is that I was a very negative person. I would focus on the negative all the time. I would uh, be unsatisfied with little things in my life, uh, just at, at food at a restaurant or something like that, or big things like my house or lack thereof or my car or anything like that. I would always find the negative thing uh, to be focused on, which was not a happy time. I would complain to myself. If you've known me a long time, I probably complain to you. I apologize. Uh, I would complain all the time, uh, more, more than I even probably realized. Uh, but I, I grew up a Cubs fan, so that's part of, part of complaining. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you're going to do. Um, so anyway, at one point, I heard that somebody, somebody said somewhere that being thankful can change your life. And that really like struck a chord with me. And I was like, OK, Jesus, what does that mean? How, do, how can I be more thankful in my life? And uh, the scripture, Psalm 104, uh, we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. That came to mind because that was a song that I sang from when I was very little here at this church. And uh, I looked it up in the message version, and it says to enter the password, thank you. And that really impacted me because I, I felt like Jesus was showing me this verse in a different way and showed me to, be, to come into my presence, you need to be thankful. That's how you get in. You're locked out. You don't have a way in unless you know the password, which is to be thankful. And that, that really impacted me. So then I tried to apply that to my life. And so I started in the morning, each morning, being thankful and, and just listing off little things that I was thankful for. And it was hard at first because I was so used to being negative. Uh, but I, I would be thankful for little things, and it got easier and easier to, to see more reasons to be thankful. And this literally changed my life literally changed my life. I became a more happy person, a more whole person, a more joyful person because I was focusing on being thankful and that ushered me into God's presence. So every day that I started being thankful, I was, I was entering into God's presence for the rest of the day. Amen. Isn't that good? That's so good. That's so good. Now, can you see a place where you might have an opportunity to share that with another person? You know, just like my life transformed from being negative to being positive, right? To being thankful. Amber. I'm going to do a little setup with Amber. <clears throat> so Amber and I are going to work together, say, we're going to work together. And I'm going to say, oh, so annoyed with my parents. I just don't even, I don't even, I don't even know what to do. Have you ever had your parents just drive you crazy? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> so I actually had a huge falling out with my parents several years ago. Not, not even on speaking terms. A lot of hurt, a lot of anger, a lot of stuff happened. And just a lot of fear. Like, I don't even want to talk to them. My dad had gotten into a very stubborn situation where neither of us want to initiate anything. And then I got pregnant, and I had to call my parents and tell them I was pregnant. And suddenly they want a relationship with me. And um, I was wrestling with that, spent like a couple weeks just being full of fear and anger and not wanting to go there again. And I went on a women's retreat, and the theme was trust. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be about trusting God. It's fine. 
get there, and it's about the parent-child relationship, how when it's broken, how that affects the psychology and behavior of the child into adulthood. The entire weekend was walking through how to navigate that as an adult, how to heal from it, and how to forgive. And I literally, the night before I went on the retreat, had written in my prayer journal, I need help forgiving my parents. So God literally spent the weekend walking me through the entire process. And then last week, my dad called me to have it out. And I was able to step into the conversation with confidence, with calmness, with truth, and with grace. And it went really well, and it didn't shake me. And, and can you see how I would be like, wow, so how many questions might I have? Because she was really brief, right? So now I might either pelt her with questions or I might say, well, can you help? Can you pray with me or can you help me so I can forgive them? Do you know what I'm saying? Right? That's amazing. Thank you so much. And we have one more, Justin. Oh, I, you know, okay. I'm not going to give you the setup. You already told me you have a setup. Okay, okay. This is an actual conversation I had with a friend a few weeks ago uh, who was really struggling with who is God to me. And he didn't know what it meant that God was a father. He didn't know if God was angry or if he just was a rule maker or whatever. So he asked me very sincerely. He said, who is he to you? And don't give me a cheap answer. He was so intense. He, he needed the real thing. Um, so I shared and I said, well, um, years ago, long time ago, my life was really, really bad. Um, I was filled with self-loathing and self-hatred. Um, I slept around a lot. I hung out at a gay bar. And my, my hope for the future was to run off with a bartender and become a DJ. And that was the best future I could imagine for myself. One day, I was sitting in church, and I was still going to church this whole time. Um, and there was nothing special happening during the service. It was boring. Um, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> but he does. Uh, I was sitting in the back of the room and I heard this little voice in the back of my head that said, Hey, Justin, you're a prophet and you're going to change the hearts of many people. And man, I latched onto that because it was identity and it was truth and it was hope and it was a better future. And I chased that word, that identity, like a starving man would chase a breadcrumb trail to food. I just walked out of darkness. I read the Bible every day. I learned how to hear God's voice. I, I just practiced all the things of following Jesus. And ever since then, I've, I've had more peace. I've had identity. I have truth. I have motivation. Um, I don't, I'm not filled with self-loathing anymore. <laughs> and I have a lot of capacity to love people. And I have a community of people who don't treat me like meat. It's amazing. Amen. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> Now, um, I do want to ask you, so, but you have been talking with this guy for a while, yes, right? Yes, we are so, long friends. Yep. Yeah. So that, thank you. Thank you so much. So that just um, speaks to, like, it's a brief, short, oh, thanks. Um, it's a brief, short testimony, and every one of you has more than one. I would, I would challenge you that you probably have a plethora of them, Okay. Because there have been lots of things that have happened in your life. And I don't, I mean, we don't have anybody who's super young, right? Everybody in here is probably over 18. So you've had plenty of opportunities to be hurt or to be healed, right? <clears throat> so now we're going to do something. You are going to write your testimony. Wait a second. Did I miss one? Okay. So um, I'm going, we're going to hand out some paper. And what we're going to do is this. As I was speaking the Holy Spirit was telling you something, reminding you of something. If he wasn't, I'm going to pray for you right now. And he's going to remind you of something in your life that you can actually share with somebody else. And what it looks like on this paper, it says, <clears throat> the beginning says intro. Intro is how are you going to connect this? So you don't have to write anything down on that part, right? Because the connection is whatever that, whatever that other person says. But then you're going to talk about just one or two sentences. What was your life like before? And then, like, for Adam, it was very negative. For Justin, it was very self-loathing. For Amber, it was filled with unforgiveness. Then the encounter with Jesus, you know, Justin's was at the church. Adam's was in the Bible. 
Amber's was at a, a retreat and then what your life is like now. So we're talking a couple of sentences. And then in summary, you, this is when you would either answer questions, offer to pray. You know, I found this peace. Can I pray for you to have that same peace? I found, you know, thankfulness. Can I pray with you to have thankfulness? So you're going to do this right now because I'm not letting you off the hook. You're going to do this right now. You're going to share just one sentence, you know, write down one to two sentences for each of the, what was your life like before your encounter? What was your life like after? And I'm going to pray for you real quick. So father, I just thank you. Holy spirit, just come fill us with your peace. Remind us of our testimonies. Amen. And we're going to do something with these in a minute, so you really need to do them.
Okay. You should be finishing up because it's supposed to be brief. And now, because it's my job to equip you. Did you know that? When you come to church, the job of the preaching team is to equip you so that you can go out and do what you need to do that God's called you to do. So we're going to practice right now. I want you to share this testimony. I want you to turn to somebody who doesn't know it. So spouses, you can't share this. You have to find somebody else. Share your testimony with somebody around you, just really brief, because it should be two to three minutes, and then let them share. All right, go.
All right, I'm gonna interrupt you for just a moment. I, I just stay where, where you're at. You don't have to move. I just am gonna interrupt you for just a moment. If you didn't, if one of the other of you didn't finish, you, you'll have a chance to finish, but I wanna wrap up the service real quick. So the reason I did this was because I wanted you to have a safe place for you to share this. And now I'm tasking you with praying for an opportunity to share it with somebody else, somebody who isn't a Christian, somebody that you work with, somebody that you maybe do go to school with, somebody in your life that doesn't know this testimony. Ask God to open up an opportunity for you to share it. And remember, we want to do this with the Holy Spirit. But you have, I know that he's going to give you opportunities to share. Because he, because God loves everyone. Even the person you don't like. God loves them. And so there may be an opportunity for you to pray for that person and have God change your heart about them. And then share your testimony with them. Today, we're going we're gonna to wrap up and... Um, but I want you guys to continue sharing that testimony with somebody else in the room. I'd like to hear some. I'd love to hear what you guys wrote. Bill? Kathy, that was wonderful. One of the things I loved about this was that doesn't it feel like it takes some of the pressure off that you don't have to explain everything in the whole Bible when you tell somebody about Jesus? You can just say what he's doing in your life. And there's a myriad of examples. And that's really what, what pulls someone in. You know what I mean? If they hear that and then they come to church with you and they keep coming, they're going to learn about the whole Bible. They're going to read it. You don't have to have the pressure of explaining it all at once, but just testifying what God has done in you. I, I just love that. It's building bridges to this amazing faith community we have so more people can join. 